thank God for this morning. I want to start by saying this. Eh? God heals and God can heal instantaneously. But God can also heal over time. And I know situations where um, I've read of hard testimonies where people were in wheelchairs and they walked, but the process took a year. And so sometimes when we ask God for healing, we want to have it then. And the thing is to believe we have received it and to continue a confession of our belief in the healing until it manifests. Amen? And I just sense we need to pray for healing for people this morning. And I specifically feel for you, Mike, uh, and anyone else who needs healing. So if you're there, just put your hand up if you need healing, if you want to ask God for healing. But let's also stretch our hands to Mike, where he's seated over there, and anyone else who puts up their hand. And let's just pray together and believe God for healing. Father, in the name of Jesus, you have said that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. And so we believe this morning that Mike is healed. And we pray now, Lord, that you'll give him the faith and the strength to endure until that healing in, is manifested in his life and in his body. I pray for the rest of the family, for Winnie and the others, that you'll continue to give them encouragement and hope to expect that this healing is coming in due time. I pray for anyone else, Lord, who is asking this morning and saying, Lord, would you touch me? Would you strengthen me? Whatever part of their body, soul, or spirit, I declare this morning the word of the Lord is true, that they are healed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Thank you, Lord, for your healing and for your promise. I am expectant this morning as I bring God's word. And the interesting thing here is that uh, you don't just have, it's not just enough to have a someone ready. You also have to be dressed up. <laughs> I enjoy working with these guys. This time, But I'm also expectant because God's word has a power to change what we believe. And that's what transformation has. When the Bible says repentance, it's a changing of our minds. Lord changing the way we think. And then we turn around in our circumstances and situation to align with the change in our thinking that comes out of God's word. And so I'm expectant that we talk about, as we talk about finances today, we will see changes coming and happening in our lives. Amen. I want to start with a question for you this morning. What is the first time you made some money? First time you ever made money? And how did you do it? Nungari is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> she can't remember. She's always been making money. <laughs> What's the first time you made money? And how did you do it? Tell your neighbor. Fikiri Akidogo, tell your neighbor. You made. See, Ile Ulipewa. You made it. Hmm? Aya, kama ulizi jindarinyako kuwa ready kuniambia what you came up with. And if I could be helped with a mic and then just have one or two people tell us how they first made money. Nakukiko samtu. Robinson takuliza. Kukiko samtu kwe tayari. Sababu wena juani money maker. Let's have the mic. Anyone wants to tell us how or how they've had they made money for the first time? Anyone wants to tell us what they have been told or what they've told somebody else? Is Robi here? I sold my primary school textbooks <laughs> after everyone finished primary. That guy sold his textbooks. Way, way. What happened to you after that? Viboko. <laughs> of course. Okay. Then, yeah. Um, I must have been in class one and my father needed to build a house for my grandmother. So in Ishago, what they do is you go to the river, get sand, and pile it up, pile it up until it's enough. Um, and we used to be paid in 10 cents. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. KYM. <laughs> All right, anyone, one last person? To scare Robinson, 
managers, people who are serial entrepreneurs, usually they started from, from the womb. Alipotoka tu hivyo, alisema daktari hibu ni kusaidie. Ipotia pesa. Good morning, church. Good morning. So I'm Robinson Moigai. My first time to make money, I was in high school. I used to hire um, Topmark for Mangu and everything. So I used to distribute in my high school, and that's how I would make money. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Topmark ilikwani those papers, eh? eh? The book. Where? Okay, already giving people business ideas. <laughs> For me, I was in, I was, I, 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 like you know, most of you know, I, I grew up in uh, Eastlands, Umoja, and those days, squeeze unas kiga mare komare, noskia watu. Those days of us kule kona shuva na madebe. Anyone remember that? Shuva na madebe. Naona generation yangu, and they used to buy bottles, bottles to recycle. Where Tony? Kwanza na watakujificha. Tulukomta moja na umse, eh? Yeah, glass bottles. Na chupa ya soda was premium. Ungepata hiyo? It was, I think, 10 cents or something, yeah? And so you'd go and collect from neighbors, from destiny. Ukona neighbor metupuna na chukwa dustbin. And then you wait for, shiva na maadibi. Foto na pati yake. Ana kukanja 10 cents yako. Yeah, that's how we earned the money. And how we used it, we'll talk another day. So last week began this uh, series, this new series. When the going gets tough... Financial Principles for Thriving in, an, in Uncertain Times. And we are studying four basic kingdom principles on money and finances. And we look at how they can practically work in these times that are challenging. So we began last week by talking about the ownership principle. And this is why we say that God owns everything. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who dwell in it. And we say because of that, then he's able to take care of us, right? And all we need to do is live a fear-free life where we seek to see that he meets our needs. And then that also because of that, we can surrender to him and live a life that is focused and fruitful. And then because also he owns anything, then our tithe, our giving, represents our faith in the fact that he owns everything and we're giving back to him in thanks. And... And then we also want to say that because he owns it, I manage it. He owns it, I manage it. And today we want to look at the second principle. And this is a principle we'll call the entrepreneurship, the work and entrepreneurship principle. And I'd like you to turn with me again to the scriptures in Luke chapter 19, verse 11 to 27. This is the first part of the parable of the minas. We read it last week. Like I said, this will be like our theme uh, portion of scripture that we'll be going through this month and picking lessons from it. And in verse 11, it says that Jesus says, while they were listening to this, Jesus went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed as king. And then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. Now the instruction of this man to his servants was broad. It was just put this money to work until I come back. And last week we said it was obvious that it was his money. He's giving it to his servants and asking his servants to multiply his money, right? And that's why we say, going on to show in other scriptures, how similarly God owns everything and puts things into our hands. But here's a curious thing. He did not tell them how to use that money. He did not tell them how to put it to work. He didn't come and say, here's a strategy, three-point plan of how to implement, uh, how to make the money. He didn't even tell them what activities to get into. He didn't even tell them how much profit he expected back from them. He simply said, put it to work. He expected them to think and to figure it out. And even though each one got the same amount, they each had different abilities, capacities, passions, 
opportunities, each in his own context was different. But each of them was supposed to figure out how to use their unique you know, situations and circumstances in order to be able to obey the master and grow what he had given them. All right? And that's something about human beings. We people who've been created in God's image. Um, we've been created in God's image, and if you look at God, God is creative. You know, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but it goes on to say a little bit of how. It says in Genesis uh, chapter 1 and verse 2, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we see two sides here. We see that the, 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 the earth was formless. It means that no shape. It was empty. It was dark. It was desolate. There was no beauty or anything. It was just there, formless, chaos. But on the other side, we see that above that, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God was not part of the chaos. He was above it. And then what did God do? It says that he actually just imagined a different reality and he spoke out and things came into being. All right? Just spoke out and things came to being. He made it happen. And out of the chaos came the clarity, the beauty, the order, and the things that we see. Now, being made in God's image means that we have a similar ability to just do that. When we encounter chaos, we're able to imagine a different reality and to work it out to come to pass. So in a situation where things are not okay, then we turn them around to be okay. In other words, we were created to solve problems. We were created to solve problems. God gave us dominion and rule over the earth and gave us the ability to create problems. And this is an important thing to reflect right now as we've been talking about the realities of our country. Remember last time we said how things are tough and so on? Let me give you a little bit more because it says, you know, we live in Kenya where less than 10% of the people who are able to work, working age people, less than 10% have permanent full-time jobs. There was a recent article in, uh, I don't know whether you saw it on the internet, quoting the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics. And it was saying that there are three million working age Kenyans who are jobless, who are doing nothing for a live, to earn a living. And many of those have been jobless for months and even years. They can't find suitable employment. It went on to say that about two-thirds of those people had given up totally on looking for a job or even starting a business. Two-thirds of people aged between 15 and 64 have given up on looking for jobs. And most of them are the youth. You know, we see the disillusioned youth from Mekatu Kwamta, Koma Bus Stop, and so on, given up completely. And most of them are just fresh graduates out of uh, college. And, 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 and training. In fact, I think we churn out every year from four and, uh, uni and, and uh, university graduates, I think we do more than a million people coming out into the market space every year, which is why the situation is the way it is. And most of young people now believe, how is it make? Bila godfather, bila connection, bila kujuamtu, wezi. So it's not, a, it's not about your skills, it's about who you know. And that's a kind of thinking that prevails around. Even those working, many work in jobs that they hate. They're just hanging in there because they need to. It's an OGIM, TGIF. You know the way they say, thank God it's Friday. And then, oh God, it's Monday. Living between those two poles through the week. So our reality is that we're in that chaos and darkness. But the other reality is we are created in God's image to, to encounter chaos and to form something beautiful out of it. And so if you're a child of God, if you have God's spirit living in you, then the entrepreneurship principle 
means that chaos does not define you. It gives you an opportunity. And simply put, this entrepreneurship principle is don't look for a job. Look for work and problems to solve for people. Look for work and problems to solve for people. Now, don't get me wrong. There's no problem with a job. It's just that we tend to think it's everything. There's that saying about what's, what is very most addictive. There's a saying they say, some of the most, the most addictive things is what? Is narcotics and a salary. Have you heard that? That's a, the most addictive thing is narcotics and a salary. And so we get depressed because we can't find a job and, you know, and yet there are problems around us that we could resolve even though we do not have a job. In fact, there's an American author who said money is a reward for solving problems. Money is a reward for solving problems. I don't know if you've read the Moses Mukisa book, you know, straightforward financial growth, I think it is, financial fitness. And he says in it, if you have no money, it means that either you're not solving enough problems or you're solving the wrong kind of problems or the right problems for the wrong people. You see, an entrepreneur is a person who solves problems for others and profits from doing it. Now, not usually the wrong way, eh? I'm sure you've seen this story of this guy who hacked the government system, created an extra constituency in Yamira, appointed himself as an MP, and paid himself salaries and allowances for a whole month before he was discovered. You know? No, that's the wrong kind of thing. I think that's the wrong... <laughs> solving the wrong problem for the wrong person. <laughs> in the wrong way. Yeah. So all of us are created to be entrepreneurs, and even if you're employed, even if you're employed, yeah, you must become known by your employer and those around you as a problem solver. You're actually what we call an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is one who is working within somebody else's business to do things. In fact, they recommend people who talk about career talks will tell you, think of yourself as a company, always. Eh? A company providing services. And you, should, you are doing that either under where you're employed, and even when you come out, you're still doing that. So behave as though, even when you're employed, you're providing services. And so there's the idea of uh, doing good work, uh, position yourself properly, ensuring you do customer service, and so on. So that when you come out, you're still able to do that, and you are a problem solver. You are an intrapreneur. And I want to give an example of two entrepreneurs in the Bible. One of them was Daniel. You know the story of Daniel? Daniel was known as a problem solver, and he served various kings. In fact, at one point, he went, when the kings transitioned, and there was a problem, the queen mother referred the king to Daniel, who had already somewhat retired, isn't it? Let's, let's pick that up. Let me read it for you. Daniel chapter 5 and verse 11 to 12. And it says this. So she went and told the king, There's a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and what? And solve difficult problems. So it was, call, then he said, call for Daniel. He'll tell you what that writing is about. You know that many, many second party. So Daniel was known as a problem solver. And he actually worked in consecutive regimes, even when there was... Um, even when there was a change in regimes, he was found working in consecutive regimes because he was seen as a problem solver. You see, mo most of us, oh, okay, many people, not here, <laughs> become complacent at their places of work. And they just live by waiting for a salary, clocking the time, clock it out, and then go home. They, they don't get into, you know, which is what we see in a lot of civil servant offices. And another Chakoti and Aenda, Ama, they are there, but you know it's like you're begging them to serve you, because that's that's the attitude you come in. Listen to the other one, Joseph. 
and the testimony that Potiphar, his employer, had about him in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 5 to 6. He says, from the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the, the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Wow. No? Problem solvers. People who work as though they are working for God and will be seeing that sh uh, shortly. So the question is, are you known as a problem solver? As a person who solves problems in your family, in your estate, in your place of employment? You know, are you consulted by people because you are a solution provider? That's what you're talking about. You see, if you're not part of the solution, they say, you're part of the problem. And so we need to be solution providers. And you might say, oh, me, I'm a student. Well, you know, what will I do? I mean, the principle is actually work. Work. Just find work to do and work whether it is, um, uh, you know, profitable or not. Don't be idle. You know, if you have nothing to do, clean your room. Yeah, step outside and, you know, sweep. You know, a lot of people who hang around in these places, there's something about doing work that gives you fulfillment and a sense of, it even says, if you don't work, don't eat. So just don't hang around being idle. Find something to do. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 23 says, all hard work brings a profit. All hard work brings a profit. It's when you do these things, you volunteer at a certain place. Ask somebody for help. Come here and say, but so and so, when can I help you with this? It's out of that that you get connections. It's out of that that you get to get your experience. It's out of that that you build endurance. It's out of that that you're able to find something that leads to something that will pay you in the future. And so the principle is do not stay idle. You know, again, stories I'm telling here. Once a guy just came eh, and swept the road, you know, in front of our court TV. A guy came one day and just swept. Hey, we came like, Safi. Everybody was like, wow, who did this? It's looking so good. Can we get him? Went to find him. Ah, can you be doing this every two times in a week? The guy was hired. He was hired. The committee, they said, you. And then because of that, other courts began to see what was happening. He was busy throughout the week. In fact, he would come in the morning. As we 6 a.m., you just hear, then he goes to other places. Simply because he did not sit idle, he went and did something. And that caused the connections to come. And so if you, whatever talent you have, teach music to someone. Somebody will come and say, Allah, you and me have been wanting to play music. Eh? Can you teach mine? So that's, Let's, let's just ask the Lord to help us and be practical in just doing with things with what we have. It might be tough, but endurance will bring the character. There's a guy called Dr. K.N. Jacobs. Some people follow him. Eh? He's written a book called You Don't Need a Job. Might be useful to read, especially if you're considering stepping out and to try something, especially out of employment or starting a new thing, he has very good tips on how to go about that. And so as God's people, we must be known as problem solvers. Again, don't look for a job. Look for work, for problems to solve for people. I'd like us to see something. David, I don't know if it's ready. Just let's watch this. Greetings, Mavuno. I answer to the name Milton Jumba, Jumba like a big house. I'm one of the pastors in Mavuno Church, and I'm here to share a family story of how we got to start our business. The way we started the business was uh, by accident. We were doing a Mizizi experience, and then when we were looking at uh, our spiritual gifts inventory, we asked ourselves, could we take 
an inventory of our physical gifts, talents, and abilities. When we did that, it was so interesting to realize that there were three very big things amongst us. One was baking. The second one was cooking, as in guys had gifts about the hot kitchen. And three was training. As we thought of how to start, it became difficult to take off. We decided to uh, do Simama uh, and break family uh, barriers and limitations that we thought we could identify within the family. Once we did that, we put together some uh, baking equipment and cooking equipment. And in March, when my sisters, Charity and Violet, took these things uh, to Shags, this is in Kaimosi, the president locked the country. COVID had come in. That's how the business was born, with two people. This business is providing interesting solutions to the community. One, we've been able to provide employment for quite a number of people. Now we have 10 employees. Some of them are our nephews and our nieces. People who've finished university and have been able now to put their hands on the plow there. There are also people coming from very uh, uh, challenging backgrounds and families. Uh, they're now employed uh, uh, within the business. We are supplying fresh bread uh, from Kapsabet to Kisumu. There's no other bakery in the in-between. So uh, we, we are providing confectionery and every other thing uh, to the universities and the 11 institutions around where we are. It's provided a value chain for us that our eggs, our, our onions, our tomatoes, the things that we produce at the farm now do have a place to go uh, into the business. And above all, it's preparing for our retirement, for us who are the older ones in the family, because what we recognize, what we will need mostly is cash flow. So it's providing a security for cash flow as we retire. But for the younger ones, it's allowing the generation that is behind us to actually have something that they can use to, for, for their living. Several things that have come as a benefit of doing this. One, it has been forcing us to think together, to think how to invest together, to think uh, uh, what is it that we can do for our common good and the good of our children and our children's children. So it's already begun providing opportunities that uh, uh, people can plug in and do something within the business. It also is providing a cushion for the future, uh, providing security uh, financially and also being at the place of allowing these younger ones be able to do something with their lives that they even love. I think for those looking for jobs, we need to ask the question, what is in your hand? What has God put in your hand? I've seen, uh, after uh, uh, an invitation by Pastor Moregi that we plant trees, I've planted 6,400 trees. That was something in my hand. At 10,000 bob per tree, you can calculate what we could be net, uh, network. Um, what is it that you have in your hands? Um, is it a, a, a garden that you can plant uh, behind your space so that you can reduce the amounts of money you use at Mamambogas and be able to feed your family from something that you do together? What is it that you have in your hands? Is it uh, a talent, a gift, an ability, which if you put into use, it will solve a problem or a need in your community and at the same time give you something to do? The big question for me is, what is it that you have in your hand? Whatever it is, put it to good use. Moses' dead rod became something that God did to liberate and form a nation. What is it that you have in your hand? Wow. What's your mina? What has God placed in your hand? Because God has given us each something in our hands that we can do something with. Let me share some helpful guidelines that would... Um, some thoughts about how to become a good kingdom entrepreneur, good kingdom solver of problems. And the first thing is, be excellent at what you do. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24 and said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. 
And so when you work on something as though you're working for God and not for man, then you do it as though it's worth doing. If something is worth doing, they say, then it's worth doing well. And in our passage, the master left 10 servants with the same amount of responsibility and resources. What distinguished them was how they applied themselves in his absence. You know, one of them actually returned 10 times what he had been given. And the reward was according to their effort. And it says later in that scripture, in verse 16 of Luke 19, that the first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant. His master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of 10 cities. And so it is when we apply ourselves, when we become excellent at what we do, when we do things well, that causes the growth, that causes, you know, we, we get trusted, God actually trusts us with more, but even the people you serve will refer others and you'll get many more to come and that becomes your reward. And so the question is, are you known for excellence? Do you look uh, and say, if you want to get a job well done, do they say that? If you want to get this done, ah, patia so and so, patia sahau, imefanyika. Are you that sort of person? You know, unfortunately, many, cry, many times, eh, Christians are not distinguished by excellence. Kweli. Remember in high school, were the CU guys who are known, are they the ones who are known for, <laughs> for, for, for doing well in class and studying hard and being responsible around the campus or, or school? No, hardly. Even in the workplace, you know, there's a friend of mine who immediately after college joined one of the utility parasitals, eh? And when he went there, he found these guys who are born again are the ones who are problematic. They're the ones who are not, but they're the ones who have problems delivering their results, their areas of service are poor and so on. In fact, most of the times, these guys were just with a big Bible open reading. At work. Yeah? And then he, now as a, as a good believer, he went to tell him, hey, See, this is, you know, you, 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 when you do this, you, you, you can't even go far in this organization. You will not get promoted. You know the response I gave him? Promotion does not come from the east or the west. <laughs> Promotion comes from the Lord. <laughs> and that's the sort of thing that Christians are known for out there. I know it's not these ones. Yeah? But you look at Genesis, eh? Whenever God created something, he stopped to evaluate and said, it was good. It was good. And as King Solomon said in Proverbs 22, verse 29, do you see someone skilled in their work? Proverbs 22 and verse 29. They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. They will not serve before mere men, as the scripture said. And I pray that here in Mavuno South, will be distinguished because of the kind of work we do. Going the extra mile to ensure that something is done and done well. Where you apply yourself to it, this thing also needs to be done. Eh? And you add on and finish a complete job. And that's how you get the attention of those who are in need of services and of your employer. So that the promotion comes from your employer, not okay from God, but through what your employer sees you're able to do. The second thing is, be a lifelong learner. Keep learning. You see, none of these 10 servants were, had been in that situation before. They were thrust into this situation. And they were not probably trained in whatever they were doing in their schools for that. And yet, each of them had to solve a problem. And so, to be a problem solver, you must be a lifelong learner. So many, too many people box themselves into, oh, me, I'm an accountant. Ah, me, my personality, I'm going market. This, or I'm this kind of person and that so and they forget that you can actually do or any of these things if you apply themselves. You can actually learn. Don't limit yourself because of your background or training. And don't put yourself in a box. You open horizons by learning new skills, even if it's an area. Learning new skills and learning about that area often. Right? If you're in real estate, you know what's going on, what are, what's happening, what are trends. Keep learning so that you are able to be on top of things. In fact, these days they say the thing is to learn and learn 
and relearn. They say that the, the, the people who will go far in this season in the future are people who are able to learn, to unlearn, and to relearn. Because there are some things that are outdated that you need to do away with. We've always done this thing. It has always worked. Things change, tastes change, and so on. So you need to relearn and, and, and sorry, unlearn and relearn. I don't know if you've heard the story of Paul Kinuthia. Paul Kinuthia, they call him the street billionaire, the billionaire from the street. He was a hawker towards uh, 1989, 1990 there, and he used to hawk nail polish. Comma three time here, pick hour and comma three, and then he he got to understand what people started asking for different things. Eventually, they started asking for things to do with hair and so on, and he went on. He did not know what to do, but he would go and learn. Sasa hizi ma shampoo na ma hair gel na manini, because he also circulate them in in salons, and then salons would ask them, na hii kitu nazo tuletea, and so you try and get them come and sell. And so he began to learn, to understand, looking at formulations and so on, until he was able to manufacture himself some of his things. He did not have the space. He went to a friend who used to sell fridge. Kamombea, mazisu nisaidia, kamombea, uko nyuma, kuna iyo, what do you call it, a bathtub. Sawe tumiaga tu uko nyuma, ufanyafitizako uko. And so it's from that bathtub, in the back of some place, uko gikomba, that's why he started to do his formulations, do them, take them to the salons. The salons would give feedback. Slowly, he became very good at it. Eventually, he's a guy who did the nice and lovely brand. He was the owner of the nice and lovely, yes. And in, 2020, in 2012, he sold it for two billion shillings to, no, to L'Oreal. L'Oreal is a leading cosmetic company internationally. Some of you do L'Oreal brands, eh? L'Oreal is the biggest brand in the world. They bought him out. He sold his nice and lovely brand. His nice and lovely brand. <laughs> For two billion shillings in 2012. That's the thing. You'd think you get two billion, you stop. He moved on now, he's the one who does the bouncy, is it bouncy? The diapers, sanitary pads, and things. He's moved into that. Simply because he was willing to learn new things. He was a hawker, uneducated, but <laughs> So when God says he gives us the power to make wealth, it's not dependent on our experience or our education or our anything. No. It's dependent on us taking up the principle of being able to apply ourselves and to learn new things. The third thing to do is to surround yourself with wise people. When you're doing, surround yourself with wise people. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. You're not created to be an island. You need to surround yourself with people who will encourage you and challenge you to grow and be everything God created you to be. And my prayer is that our DGs will be some of those spaces where people challenge you because apply for that thing as I know your DG has been doing and your friends have been doing. Ah, you know, I see this gift in you. Yeah, you're trying to do that. Twende will support you, will pray with you. And beyond that to other people who may be in the field. In fact, I, I envision at some point where people who are in business here, the entrepreneurs, can get together and form, begin to form an association or something that we can apply to some of the challenges we find in the context that we're in. Because even as I say this, it's not that it's rosy. It's just that you commit to it and God gives you the growth as you go along. And Proverbs 22, 12.22 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And so kingdom entrepreneurs surround themselves with others who they can learn from, not just people who are like them, but older and younger ones as well who think differently, and in the community of wise people, you will not go wrong. And so you may be in business, you may be trying something. It's good to be around people who will challenge you to grow, and especially those who have gone before. 
The fourth thing I'd like to highlight on this kingdom entrepreneur is I'd like we need to stay on the right foundation. You see, being a solution provider is not an easy thing. And there are challenges out there. And I know many of you who are qua ground, as we say, know things are tough. You will find situations where there is corruption, for instance. You need to be founded on the truth of God's word. But even beyond that, kuna watu wengine utumia other powers. You know what I mean? And many people in business do that. And so you find people begin to you know those things, eh? I know you know them. We don't do them. We know them. And, and that's wrong. And for us to continue to find God's blessing, we need to determine, and this is an aspect of surrender, because it, it can actually be tough. It can actually be tough. It can actually be the point of you feeling that if I don't do this, my business is closed, isn't it? Nispoekelayo brown envelope sapata your job. And so I tie that with the surrender. It's the aspect of God, if this is the way you want me to do this business, then you bring the business. Choosing not to do certain things in order to get ahead. And I also think that we need to get into our business space, into the market space with our God. You know, if you look at the Asians, then they go with their gods. They don't hide and they've lit some things, they're lighting and they've thrown some few coins. When they open the shop, you'll just come find them doing their things around there. When they close the shop, they come, they are the ones who close, by the way, seem to bring in a funga. comes and does his things and goes away. They bring their spirituality to their work. God has given us Every power of the enemy, power of a power of the enemy, Robbie. Yeah? Greater than the power of the enemy. We have the greatest power that we have. Let's go with the power of God in our contexts. Praying for the people around you. Asking God to intervene. Asking God to bring those people who are correct for you. Who will bring the connections. He said he'll bless you. Let him bring the blessing in the way that he should and stick to that. Because God is able to do that. In fact, we are ready as your pastors. Twitter, come and bless this place, anoint this place. We will come and do it. We will pray. We will declare that that's God's place and he has authority there. And that anything that stands against you will be destroyed because other people use other forces. But God has given us power that is greater than all the power of the enemy. He's greater. Amen? And then again to do our business on the foundations of honesty, hard work, and God will reward us. The same thing even in your, in your, in your if you're employed. The same thing. Trusting and believing that God is able to do that. It's not easy, but God has promised us if we look for work and for solving problems, he will come through for us. And that's what we should do. I want us to spend some time to pray this morning as I close, as we close. And the first thing I want us to do is to look at our circumstances and ask, God, have we been faithful or have we been doing these things? Are we excellent in our work? Have we stayed on the right foundation? And then if not, then we ask the Lord to forgive us. So wherever you are, just bow down and ask the Lord, reflect on yourself and say, Lord, forgive me. Have I done my business, my occupation in the way that I should? Do I believe that God is able to intervene in my circumstances and my situations? But God knows. And he has the expectation that you'll do things 
as he has purposed them to be. It's a principle which when you use, God then will, it will always work. Father, I pray for us, each of us this morning, where we have failed to comprehend, to believe, and to act according to your word that you are able that you have you've given us power over every power of the enemy where we've looked around at the challenges that are there in the context of our work or our employment and we've given up or we have given in Father this morning I ask would you forgive us would you cleanse us from that unrighteousness would you cause us to send your word to us even as we speak this morning that we may understand and see that it is possible and that you're waiting for us to look up to you and to call you into our circumstances. And so I pray for each one this morning and I ask, Lord, that you'd renew our, our, you know, our, our, our expectation where we have died and had no hope. Lord, revive us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want us to pray for two sets of prayers and I'll be asking the pastors to help me here. And one of them is to pray for, for jobs. People are looking for jobs and the opportunities. People are asking for doors to be opened for them in business. People who are, have ideas they want to start and are saying, I would like to start. I need, you know, God to strengthen me and to clarify this thing, to bring the right people to know the right kind of things and so on. And so I'll be asking Pastor Jade to pray for us in that regard. And then after Pastor Jade, Pastor Purity will come. And pray for us concerning the challenges in the context of our work and our businesses. You know, whatever they are. Pastor Jade. Yes, we want to pray for, as Pastor Benson has said, let's start first, first praying for anyone who's looking for a job. If you know you're looking for employment, because even being employed, as we said, it's entrepreneurship, meaning you're solving a problem that that organization is in the business of doing. If you are looking for employment, for work, would you stand? As a community, we want to stand with you and pray with you. You're looking for something to do with your hands and saying, Lord, would you bless the work of my hands? Let me ask if you're near the person who's standing and if you're far, just stretch out your hand and just start praying for them because we know it is a hard space to be. Father, we thank you for every person who's standing up right now in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father, that as you see them, as their act of faith and even as the word that they have had today, Father, they're standing up saying, Papa, would you bless us? You do open the doors for us to be able to earn, to work, to be a problem solver. Because that is what you've said in your word. You created us with a purpose. Father, would you open the doors that they need, O Jehovah God. In this week, Father, would you show them favor that their people will be drawn to them. That when they apply, Father, there will be a new mindset as they look for work this week. Father, we ask for your miracle to happen in their lives, in the area of a job, in the area of work. For everyone who's standing, we are standing with them and coming before you, Father, as a community and asking Jehovah God, would you bless them with work? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I also want to pray for, I think the other thing that we wanted to pray is that for each one of us, really, to have for ideas and open doors. I think one of the things Pastor Benson had when he asked us to pray is to say that we are able to seize opportunities when they are coming to us. That we, when we see an opportunity, having understood that we have been created in God's image. So ideas is our portion. Being creative. Being able to see a problem. Like that guy, there's a dirt here I need to sweep that we need to be those people. And we want to pray and ask 
that you shall be open to learn and relearn because you are created in the image of God. And then I'll also pray for those who want to start on their idea of business. You have an idea, you have been sitting on it, you have doubted yourself, but today you are saying, because my foundation is in Christ, I see someone laughing, please stretch out your hand. Those two categories, I will not ask you to stand, but if you want to stand, stand, because you're telling God, I'm standing in faith today. First of all, for each one of us, I'll pray that we'll have an open, we'll seize opportunities. We'll understand that we are created to be creative. So I'll pray for wisdom and strategy and that you shall be open to learn and relearn. But I also pray, if you know you are those ones who said, I actually right now have an idea. Something has been on my mind. And just see the right people and I need boldness and courage to start. If we're in the last category, for those who want to start on the idea of business, stand up. Just stand for faith. You just tell the Lord, here I am. The first act I've done is a prayer. Father, you see us. You see your children standing. Saying, Father, you have already given them purpose. You have already provided a solution in them for their society, for people around them, for this earth, this kingdom. Father, they are carriers of a solution. They already have a strategy in place. They already have an idea, Papa. Father, we are asking that today it is birthed. That, Father, Lord, they will birth it today. That, Father, they will start by just doing one action towards achieving it. Father, there is no more being comfortable or being fearful or procrastinating. But for everyone who is standing up with Jehovah God, this week there will be a step to leaving that idea out that you have given them. They will understand that it came from you, and because it came from you, you have already prepared the way for them. So we pray for the right people that they need, the favor that they need, the offices that they need to go to. Father, we pray for boldness and courage. Fear is not their portion. They will learn that they can start small and grow from there. For every idea that is here, the solution that every person is, has as they stand. Father, we give you thanks because it comes from you. We look forward to these testimonies of what they will be doing because today they stood up and said, no more procrastination, no more fear. One thing at a time. We thank you, Jehovah God. Father, I pray for all of us also, Jehovah King, because you said we are creative. We are created in your image. That, Father, we ask for our strategy and wisdom that we will not be left behind in being a solution provider. That it's not about being in business. It's about being a solution provider. For every hand outstretched, Father, would you see us and help us to partner with you to solve a problem that we see in our society, in our neighborhood, in our family, in every sector. Father God, would you give us an idea? Would you bless us with a strategy that comes from you? We are willing, Father. For everyone's hands are stretched. They are willing. We are willing, Lord. Partner with us. Empower us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want, us to lead, I want to lead us in a time of praying for those of us who are having challenges, let's say at work or in your business, where you're feeling oppressed for whatever reason, such as you're overworked, you're underpaid, or I don't know, you have your, your, your business partners have done some injustice to you. Maybe they've taken over the business without your without your right. Maybe you have you have been served letters by by Kanjo or by KRA or any of that. 
I mean, you're, you're generally feeling a bit exasperated by by the, the work, your work environment. Or maybe you're looking, your business has kind of stagnated or your career has stagnated. You're just there. I mean, you wake up, you go, you're, you're in between those two dates that uh, Pastor Benson was talking about. You're facing unfair competition uh, or court cases, any of that. Um, so if you're in that category, you can rise up. Any of those, if any of those uh, relate to you, let's, uh, if you're in any of that, you can, you can rise up and we'll pray. So Father, we thank you because you're a God of justice. And Lord, we come to you like the widow in Luke chapter 18 who is persistent for justice. And your word says, won't you answer us quickly? Lord, and for any of these dear ones that are standing and they are seeking justice, justice concerning their careers that have stagnated or their businesses that have stagnated, justice concerning unfair competition, justice concerning uh, oppression by authorities. Lord, we ask for your intervention. In the name of Jesus, we speak order in their lives. We refuse oppression. In the name of Jesus, Lord, for anyone of them who are standing and they are saying, Lord, I need, um, you know, the glass ceiling to break. I've been selling the same quantities every month, every year. I need a direction. I have been in this same job for so long. Lord, we are asking for your intervention and breakthrough. Lord, for those who are being harassed by authorities, Lord, unfairly, Lord, we are asking for your intervention. Lord, intervene. I know I have dealt with authorities before where they've oppressed me and you came through for me. And so, Lord, now we are asking that same gracing will, will fall on anyone who is trusting you for it in the name of Jesus. Lord, those who are facing um, oppression, uh, from colleagues or partners in business. Lord, may you intervene. We break every yoke that is seeking to oppress your people in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks, Lord, for your intervention. In Jesus' name, amen. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. I See you do it again. You've made a way where there was no way, and I believe. I see you. I've seen you move. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe. I see you do it again. You've made a where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. There's a prayer tent out in the front that way. If you need prayer in any regard, just go there. There will be someone to pray with you. Let's stand up and close the service together. says this in um, Psalm, the 90th Psalm. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, Lord. Establish the work of our hands for us. And so, Father, this morning, this afternoon, speak this word over your people that your favor will rest upon them that you'll establish the work of their hands as they apply themselves, whether it's in their place of work or in their businesses, 
interacting with people, selling, but whatever it is, Lord, establish the work of their hands. Yes, establish the work of their hands. And I declare again that your grace will abound to them, to us, so that in all things, at all times, we will have everything that we need to accomplish every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. God bless you. There's free dental. Please have dental checkup. They came to give us for Mother's Day special, but everybody's welcome. Please pass by the, at the parking lot. Pass by. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way.